This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into the OBR podcast. I'm your host, Jared Mueller. Thank you for stopping by on this Thursday. I'm going to be real. It is still victory week, y'all. Victory week. Listen, I like to talk about winning. Winning is good. Winning is enjoyable. It lets the week go better for everybody. Uh, first, want to just kind of take a quick look over at the site, theobr.com. Uh, just looking at the marquee right now, we got Stephen Thomas's Week Three Weekly Mock Draft. Uh, we have Johnny Kinsley breaking down Wyatt Teller, and he uses the word heroic uh, or heroics. Uh, some of the struggles of Jedrick Wills. Uh, Fred has a couple pieces up looking at um, some of the injuries that we'll talk about here in just a little bit with the legend Fred Greetham. Uh, and an interesting piece on Dontrell Hilliard. Will he be returning the football again with JoJo Natson out? And what uh, might that mean for Donovan Peoples-Jones? Um, obviously, you still have my piece up if you haven't read it yet. Looking at the winless teams in the NFL that could sell to the Browns. Uh, and then Fred has a piece on the um, how commitment to rushing game paid dividends. Um, and then for our subscribers... As you should look forward to every week, as my guest was last night, Jake Burns, his all 22 notes and observations are up on the site. Don't miss any of that. Listen, that's some great stuff from some great people, like, and me. You know, so it's all of them, great stuff, great people, and then there's at least something up there from me um, that I hope you'll enjoy and hope the dis- hope you'll enjoy uh, whatever discussion is coming out of that article. Uh, before I bring in Fred, love having Fred on, um... Talk about DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you, and while their dining rooms may be closed, some are open, they, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. It's just that easy, folks. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Look, I said Chipotle, right? Like three podcasts in a row. Look at me go. Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery, too. That's what we use a lot here in our household. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and another code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. 
So, so I promise you, we're trying to have a pretty consistent kind of podcast process. So, uh, right after a Sunday night game, you'll get a game recap from me. Uh, then I'll bring in Stephen Thomas for Tuesday morning, Jake Burns for Wednesday morning, and then for this morning on Thursday, we bring in the legend Fred Greetham, who I kind of guilted into comparing Kevin Stefanski to Bill Belichick. So he's we're gonna I might bring that up again and see what he has to say. All right. And as promised, I am here with the legend, Fred Greetham, who has been doing this so well for so long for for us and so many other people. And so we're just always appreciative to have Fred on. Fred, how are you doing tonight, man? Couldn't be doing better. All right. Sounds good. So, Fred, the team is 2-1. and one, um, And, you know, when we talked earlier before the, the season started, um, I kind of goaded you into comparing Kevin Stefanski to Bill Belichick. Um, but I really want to ask you, as as the team is now two and one, have you? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel about the team that is different, maybe than the last, I don't know, five, ten, twenty, twenty five years, whatever it is. What have you seen about the team that that you feel like is different than what you've experienced in the past with so much losing? Well, I mean, I've been impressed with Kevin Stefanski. You know, in the off season, he was really put into a tough spot with the COVID, not meeting the players and all that. And he never really made any excuses. It was just business as usual. And he's kept that demeanor. And I think he's, of the first-year coaches, he has the best record, you know, out of the gate. Now, obviously, they're just getting started. But, you know, he he never gets too high, never gets too low. He just kind of keeps an even keel. Nothing seems to rattle or shake him. And and I see the players kind of taking on his personality at least, you know, on the Zoom calls and so forth. We we don't really, you know, interact with him like we have in the past. But um, they're believing in what he's telling them and the coaching staff and and uh, what they want to accomplish. And I think they're starting to see results, especially on the offensive side. The last two weeks putting up, you know, 35, 34 points. We didn't see that too much. You know, in, in the past, even last year, only twice they they had more points than that. So it's a pretty good sign to have the third, fourth uh, high scores just two, three games into the season. So I just, I just you know, it's going to be take a little time to see how it plays out. But I just feel like they're sticking with, with what they want to do, run the ball and stop the run. And they've been pretty good in both of those. I mean, averaging 170 yards a game on the ground, I think it's tied for second or third in the NFL. And on defense, doing a pretty good job stopping the run. I think they're in the top six, seven. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we think about the Browns, again, I always say that um, fans and media, we're all in, you know, a certain year of our, our time with the team. You know, for me, it's been almost a decade now or a little over a decade covering the team, obviously, Fred, for you for longer. And then for fans, you know, some people are in year five, some are in year 50, and some are in year 70. Um, but for Kevin Stefanski, it's year one. And for a lot of these teams, um, it is it is a young – it's a lot of young players. And so when things are going well, when you look at your sideline and you see coaches who are still doing the same thing, and when things are going bad, when you turn and you see the sideline and the coaches are, are steady and stable, they're not – flipping out, or they don't seem lost, they don't seem overwhelmed. Like, that's got to be meaningful to a bunch of young players who just, you know, aren't used to winning in the NFL or haven't been in the NFL long. And so, Fred, I think that's a great 
thing to, that you have seen and you've seen on the Zoom calls, and, and I think we've seen that carry over to the sideline, which has been great. Now, at times, it feels like the team has been kind of secretive or uh, with injuries or, or cautious or, you know, whatever. Um, as you've seen how they've been handling the injuries, uh, we haven't seen Greedy Williams. Olivier Vernon's been out the last two weeks. Uh, Denzel Ward looked like he was iffy to play and then played the first half. Just how have you um, – what are your thoughts about how the Browns and the, the coaching staff in the front office have handled all the different injuries, you know, over, at the start of the season? Well, you know, the reference to Belichick, it goes back to his days. That's when they really started being secretive. I mean, it used to be kind of like um, – What's wrong with the guy? You know, well, he broke his leg, you know. And, <laughs> and when it was Belichick, you could see the bone sticking out, and he'd say he's got a sore leg, you know. And, and uh, it's Stefanski does it in a nice way. He has loosened up a little bit, but he's still not given much. And I just think that's the, the new, young, analytics-driven coaches. The, there has to be in their backgrounds that, other teams, if they have information, use it against them. And so I just think everything's kept close to the best. We saw Jacob Phillips on the field today, first time we've really seen him since he went down the Baltimore game. Greedy Williams was out there last week. Today, you know, he was limited. And I watched him, and he still wasn't doing the tackling drills. From my own experience, I almost think he, he dislocated his shoulder or something because mm-hmm. – um, you know, it's, it's just strange that he, you know, being, you know, being a guy that covers, you know, that, that he would even be around if, if he can't tackle. So I don't know if he's going to play this week. I asked the coach in the press conference and he said, well, we'll see how the week goes. So, I mean, that's kind of what they've been saying, you know, all the time. Vernon, you know, he was back on the field today. Um, you know, he's got to get on the field. You know, he's kind of been that since he's been here, somebody that you can't depend on. Um, and, you know, other than that, it looks like Mac Wilson, you know, that he's going to play more Kevin Johnson. You know, the coach said that they're going to be – they got the rust off and they'll be more involved. So, yeah, I think the biggest one there is Denzel Ward. He said that he didn't re-aggravate it. He just said that it was sore. And they just felt like, you know, let's let's shut him down in the second half rather than take a chance on re-injuring it. So he was not practicing today. Either was Claiborne. So the new ones were Kareem Hunt, Joel Batonio, uh, groin injury with Hunt and uh, back injury with Batonio. He called him day to day. So, you know, it's you do when you see him on the field, you know, okay. They're closer to practicing. There was guys we didn't see for for days and weeks on end. So I think they are getting healthier. I think those guys are probably going to play tomorrow. Will be a big a big day on that. But they need to get healthy, especially on defense, to have a chance to compete. Yeah, I think what's going to be really interesting if if the Browns continue kind of this uh, mantra, this way of dealing with injuries, is how do players and agents kind of handle that in the future? Because there's positives to it, right? The 
the player can, you know, we don't know how hurt they were. So if they go into free agency in a year or two, you know, they're not, they don't have this big injury that's known on their record. And so maybe they like that. But at other times, you know, if a player is sitting out, but the Browns aren't communicating with, with you guys in the media saying, hey, this is what's going on. Fans start asking, well, why is, why is Vernon not playing? Why is Greedy not playing? And without getting information, you know, then the fans and the, the hubbub around them is they're soft or they're whatever. And so I don't see that as an issue right now. But if the Browns are losing, if they have a, a rough stretch, if any of that stuff happens, it'll be interesting how this secretive nature – listen, Bill Belichick can basically get away with anything because he wins, right? I mean – sideline videotaping and practice videotaping and, and deflated balls and everything in between, Bill Belichick can get away with because winning kind of cures everything. Um, and so for the Browns, if losing starts, it'll be interesting how the secretive nature, does it start to rub uh, you know, some of the players the wrong way or the agents or those kind of things. But so far, Fred, based on what you're saying, it sounds like you know the, the players are kind of on – on Kevin's side, and there there is some starting to be more and more buy-in as they're winning. So that is really good to hear. Before I get to our third question for tonight, I need to talk to everybody about Pepsi. Um, you know, for Fred and I, probably a little bit, uh, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, uh, we weren't one of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% to play ever play professional football. Uh, you know, we might have play, you know, played in the side yard still every once in a while. I fractured my elbow trying to play softball, so we know where I'm at in life. But instead of entering the NFL, uh, we've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I, I look forward to the game so much, um, and when, when the Browns win, you know, it just makes it makes mowing the lawn so much better. It makes getting laundry done so much better, you know, those kind of things. And so uh, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for us. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. So, Fred, um, the Browns have what seems like three tough games. So, uh, you know, started with Baltimore, who just, you know, ran roughshod over them. Uh, and then a young Cincinnati team with a terrible offensive line. And then the Washington football team, who seem to give up on games at times. Um, they don't call timeouts late. They're, you know, they're in transition under Ron Rivera. Now we start with Dallas this week. Uh, and then Indianapolis, and then the rival Pittsburgh Steelers. So as you look at those three um, three games coming up, what are your expectations or what are your best or worst-case scenarios? Just how do you see those three games playing out and what it could mean for the rest of the team season? Well, I think, you know, they to give credit, they have won the games they were supposed to win. And in the past, Browns teams – didn't do that. They even lost to games that you thought they should win. And so in the first three weeks, I think most people would have expected them to lose to the Ravens and had a chance to beat the Bengals in Washington, and they did so. So the next three games with Dallas, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh, um, I wouldn't be upset if they came out of there one and two to be three and three after six games. I've said this before. I think this is about surviving and not burying yourself in the standings the first half of the season because I think the second half of the season, this team will be more in sync. They've, they have kind of been a work in progress, learning you know, as they go without the preseason and, and everything being new. I think that you've seen strides 
and I think that should be better. I'm I'm hopeful and looking forward to the second half of the season that they would be playing their best football down the stretch when you have some games, you know, the Jaguars, the back-to-back with the Giants and the Jets, and, and uh, you know, like after this three-game, you have the Bengals. I think there's a lot of winnable games the second half of the season, but I think that if they can kind of survive – and get through this first half of the season just to get their bearings, I think that they'll be fine. And, you know, whether that comes sandwiched with a loss in Dallas, a win in Indianapolis, and then maybe even if they lost the Steelers or beating the Steelers, I think would be more important than even beating the Colts if they only could get one win. So I'm not going to panic if they go, if they only win one game. I, I don't think they'll lose all three, but. You know, if they did, I'm still I still think that they have better days ahead of them. Yeah, Fred, I think that's a great point. Is you know the Dallas game is the fourth game of the season, and there's normally four preseason games, and so at some level, with a new offense and a new defense, the Browns are really going into their final quote-unquote tune-up game, but it's the regular season because of everything that is different. I've been really impressed by their run game because the the wide zone scheme and all of that, while the Browns are full of talent, that stuff takes a lot of timing and just it's a very intricate scheme at some level. And the fact that they've got the run game going so quickly and everything seems to be so smooth about it and, and a player like Wyatt Teller all of a sudden is becoming this you know, um, t- uh, blocking machine and and just perfectly fitted into the system. And thank you, John Dorsey, right? Um, you know, all of that stuff. And then even, um, you know, as we look at Ronnie Harrison and the fact that he hasn't played in a while, it tells you, or played a lot since he's come in, it tells you that that Joe Wood system is complicated as well and it's going to take a while for players to kind of figure it out. So hopefully the defense gets healthier, but also they, they start to gel. So I think, you know, when you look at that second half of the season, not just because it's an easier schedule, um, but again, this team didn't have the same amount of time and the same amount of preparation um, going into the season. So I do think it is significantly different. Um, and I think you're right is, you know, if they get out of this, you know, one and two, obviously we would all want the Pittsburgh game to be the one win. Uh, that's just how that works. It kind of counts as two. Um, then then I think you got to feel really good about, you know, where they're going. Um, you know, if they happen to come out 2-1, and one, that's great. And even if they come out 0-3, you know, they still have a, a, a not an easy road, but they have a, a reasonable road ahead of them because we can say that based on the wins against Cincinnati and Washington. So, Fred, just want to kind of open up the last question. Uh, anything else from this week, anything that stood out to you or anything either that you've written about that you want to make sure our listeners make sure they go over to the site or anything that's coming up? That is, that's something you want to make sure uh, you kind of tease the readers so they're on the lookout for something from you. Well, I think what stood out to me was the commitment to the run. I've written about that earlier this week after the game. Um, in the past, we've seen, you know, coaches abandon the run. In fact, Stefanski, I think you could argue that he abandoned the run a little early against the Ravens in the opener. Yeah, they were they got themselves behind but they still had the whole second half at least to maybe get back in the game. The last two weeks, they have made the commitment. And even against Washington, I'm sitting there in the press box saying, man, you're just ramming the ball on the line, getting one, two yards. Nick Chubb (laughs) talked about it today, that if you stay with it, then you pop one. And sure enough, it wasn't until the fourth quarter 
um, that they really took over. But when they did, they they dominated. And from the press box, it was like the Red Sea parting, you know, on that cutback he had when you're talking about Teller and some of the kickout blocks of a couple of the guys on the line. It was just really good to see. I haven't seen that in a long time. And, and I think as long as you have 24 and 27 back there, um, it's your quarterback's best friend. I think that makes him look a lot better, and he can be the game manager, and he doesn't have to throw the ball 60 times a game. And and it picks your spots to get your big play receivers and tight ends involved. So I think the best friend, you know, is continually pound the ball with, with Chubb and Hunt. And the good thing is even if one gets sidelined, like Hunt was sidelined today, who knows, if he were to miss the game, you got Nick Chubb, you know. So I, I, just, I just like the way they've committed to the run and they continue to stick with that. Yeah, and I think, you know, not only just being, you know, Cleveland and, you know, what we're used to with, you know, Jim Brown and Mack and Biner and, you know, just everybody else um, that we've had, or even, you know, those four great games of James Harrison under Eric Mangini, um, you know, the run game is always something we like, but it's it's such a great way to, it either opens up the passing game um, at once, you know, Baker and the, the receivers and everybody gets really comfortable. It opens up the passing game, but it also doesn't put the pressure on them, right? It, against Dallas, you know, they, they run 11 personnel really, really well and can cause a lot of fits to the Browns' pass coverage. But if the if the ground game is just pounding the ball and getting first downs, you know, it, it protects the defense um, and it protects the offense if there are struggles or, you know, timing issues or those kind of things. Because a running game and, a, and stopping the run, those things travel almost always. Um, and then the reality is, like you said, with injuries, if you miss one, you're still fine for a little while. But I think the other thing is, is, you, you limit the possibility of injuries, right? So I think uh, the last game, Chubb had 53% of the running back snaps, or 53% of the snaps, uh, and then uh, Hunt was somewhere around 44, or whatever the, the numbers were. They were close to even. Um, it's just they get to stay fresher. You know, they get to be used appropriately, but they get to stay fresh. And I think that that's going to travel, and that's going to uh, kind of elongate the season so the running backs aren't too tired. So um, absolutely, and I, I think um, as as I talk about bet online here for a second, you know, there's some, there are probably some props out there about, you know, the rushing game of the Browns and where it's going to be. And I think Fred and I are all over that. It is a key part of the Browns. Um, and the wait is finally over. Football is back. We're going into week four. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports book expert. Fred, I appreciate you coming on uh, as we go into Thursday of Victory Week, and we unfortunately have to turn the page uh, to the Dallas game. I didn't, I didn't prep you for this at all. What do you expect? If you had to give me a prediction, do you expect a win, a loss, and what kind of game are you expecting for this Sunday? Well, I'd feel better about it if um, Dallas would have pulled it out with Seattle because that's mm-hmm. just the way the NFL is. Um, they would, I think, have more of a letdown. Um, 
coming off a loss on the road. I expect them to play well. I think that they will put up points. I think it's all on the defense. I think the Browns' offense will put up points. They, they have shown they can. The biggest thing is if Joe Woods can find a way to keep the opponent to under 24, 23, 24 points. Last week they held them to 20. You hold the team to 20, 24 points, I think this offense will score enough to win. So with that said, I mean, yeah, it's early in the week, but um, – I'm I'm feeling right now they probably will fall a little short down there. I'm looking for, you know, a Cowboys 30-27 win. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially with the limited Denzel Ward. We don't know about Greedy Williams. Earlier this week I laughed at the idea of Tavier Thomas matched up with C.D. Lamb, you know, 6'3", C.D. Lamb, and what looks like about 5'10", 5'10". 9-5-11, you know, Tavier Thomas. I think it's just such a limitation um, that if the Browns aren't fully healthy, can be very, very difficult. But, Fred, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. We will do this again next week. Uh, and Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, again, follow Fred at Fred Greetham. Uh, make sure uh, you're looking at his article on the run game at theobr.com. Uh, and take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns.